Welcome to the PG Daily. This season is dedicated to financially empowering the residents of Prince George's County. Join our host, Heath Carelock, as he sits down with several financial experts to discuss ways for you to find money, make money, and better understand money. Get ready to be empowered. Today's guest is June Evans. So welcome everyone. We're here with the venerable June Evans. And June is the director of the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at Prince George's Community College and has been uh, quite the employee for a number of years now. And we're really excited to have June on the show. June, say hi. Well, hello, everyone. Um, (laughs) He, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. No problem. No problem at all. And one of the important reasons we have June on the show is because part of the Financial Empowerment Center's mission in the community and at the college is to provide small business resources and to see outcomes with small business. And the college has has caught wind of the the movement to have hubs, innovation hubs, and uh, you know one of the areas that you first dispatched anyone was. Uh, when I went to Howard University uh, and met Tremaine Davis and some others uh, who were who were speaking at Howard's sort of eclectic innovation space, uh, uh, and I was really moved by the feedback. And it was professionals and uh, small business administrators and grantors and. Um, folks who had experience receiving money, whether it was angel investing or venture capital. And it was them speaking to a younger audience, trying to inspire them, motivate them, give them pathways to advance their ability to create enterprise. So why did you bring that to the college? Well, Heath, um, I brought the concept of the Innovation Hub to the college because we really do not have a space like that in Prince George's County. When you look at the movement, as you as you will, when you look at our region, um, there has been tons of data that has really crystallized the notion that our region is lacking innovation. And part of that is due to us being so close to the federal government And a lot of our small business tend to be federal government contractors. And if you've worked in the federal space, even though it's a a, a nice space to work in, it's not a very innovative space. And what I found in working with small businesses over the past 15 years is that a lot of um, our businesses here in Prince George's County tend to put their eggs in that basket and they don't tend to diversify. And when you do that, you literally stifle yourself um, from the innovation space because the federal government takes a good two years to even put something out on the street. By the time that RFP is on the street, whatever technology, whatever that has is is built into it um, has changed. Mm -hmm. And so If you're wedded to that, if your budget is wedded to that, you're already two years behind. And so where do you put your resources into what's in the future? Um, What role 
does innovation play in a gig economy? Because there's the federal government, and then there's these other entrappings that, that people want to gravitate towards. And people also like to have, uh, there's a wonderful book out, 1001 Ways to Make Money. So we know that this gig economy has a number of millennials and Gen Zers, and even some folks from Generation uh, Y. But what, what do you think? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I was actually meeting with a student who expressed interest in working with the Innovation Hub. And when I shared with him basically what I just shared with you about, you know, our region being dependent on the federal government and governments in general and how the procurement process operates, he looked at me and he said, really? Like, there are companies that depend on the government? So in this millennial era where the gig economy was birthed, they don't even think about being wedded to a government, you know, to to supply, you know, their their business needs. Um, They are totally on a whim and they are I don't even know if they are like intentionally focusing on this, but they are naturally innately looking for gaps and figuring out ways to fill in. I don't know if you want to call it the hustle. I don't know if you want to call it something strategic, you know, in problem solving. But the gig economy is built on identifying a problem, building an idea around that problem to satisfy a need out there in the community. And to me, that is all about innovation. I'm an entrepreneur like that young man or young lady who may approach you, what are the steps? You have a wonderful apparatus at the Innovation Hub that is about product design studio, coding lab, advisory studio, human capital lab. How do I use this place? What do I need to know as an everyday student or person from the community to use this place and get the optimal outcome? So I would say the front door to the Innovation Hub would be the product design studio. And I say that because that is where you can literally submit a project. What the college wants to do and where I feel our sweet spot is um, in our area, in the community, is being able to help our small businesses basically go to the next level. And sometimes it's at that moment, it's it's a gap. It's a need that needs to be filled that can be satisfied through a project that us at the community college can feel. So let's give an example um, of human resources, right? Uh, some small businesses, they struggle with hiring because they don't know where to find the talent, And then when they find the talent, they don't have a proper way to onboard the talent and then they can't keep the talent. Right. So you're a small business. You know that this is an area of struggle, but you don't have the capacity or the funding to hire someone that can look at this and focus on this. But I tell you what you do know. You do know you need some standard standard operating procedures. Right. You know, you can't bring anybody into into your space and not have some protocols for them to follow. So let's make that a project. 
Let's submit a project to the Innovation Hub where we can work with you as a company to develop those standard operating procedures. We can we can pair uh, you as a small business up with one of our um, entrepreneurs and residents, which is basically faculty, but they specialize in that area, some students, and they can really work on a project you know, for you to get that done. And then we can advise you on how to how to grow that area in your business based on where you are. But we we would say bring it through the product design studio because that's our front door where we would look at this project and we would flesh it out through our design thinking sessions. And I I some people say, well, what are design thinking sessions? Well, Design thinking is a methodology that basically is where you look at a need, um, you identify a problem, you figure out a way to solve the problem, and then you just come up with a bunch of ideas on ways to solve the problem. You vet those ideas, and then you flush that out to see if that's a viable, you know, which idea is the most viable idea that can solve that problem. And then once you have that, you can literally create some type of visualization of that 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 idea and then we can figure out how do we take that visualization and and bring it to market so we can bring everything through the uh, design thinking phase so that we can make sure that what you think is your problem is really the problem because sometimes when you're a small business you don't really know what you don't know and you may think that you have a problem in one area but you go through a design thinking session and you realize the problem actually lies somewhere else. That's important. And uh, just switching gears slightly, you basically were tagged with this. Um, what are the origins of bringing this design studio here? What was your inspiration? Were you at a conference or you listening to NPR on the ride in or some CD or like what were the origins? And more importantly, what lessons have you learned through creating this, both interpersonally, professionally, uh, even just spiritually? What have you learned? Because this this must not have been easy with the the number of entities involved on campus. I see a whole wing cut out um, on the first floor of a building that was a whole other space like a computer lab and that was overhauled ripped carpets ripped up plugs pulled out of jacks pulled out of the walls and the floor so what were the origins how hard was this for you and on you and what have you learned hmm it's a big question (laughs) what a lot of um a lot of points to it but let's let's talk about the origin because the origin i think comes from uh, many different things So I started working with small businesses, particularly minority businesses, minority business enterprises over 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Primarily, these businesses were in the construction industry. And I started working with them um, in Baltimore City um, with the local um, Baltimore um, contractor development program. And then I was came over to Prince George's Community College and started working with the Center for Minority Business Development. And, it, and, and that program, too, worked with local minority business enterprises, um, primarily in the construction area. 
What I realized when I worked with a lot of these small businesses is just what I had mentioned to you earlier on, that a lot of the businesses, even though the small business owners, um, they knew their trades, they knew they knew they had their skill set down pack. What they lacked at the time was business acumen. And so we spent a lot of our time working with the business owners on just, you know, how to be a leader. Um, if you were in construction, you know, how do you estimate a job? You know, how do you manage that project? Um, how do you go out and, and, and interact with people to get more business? So a lot of it was some of it was technical, but some of it was also business acumen. That only got the businesses so far. Um, being a visionary, because I am a visionary, I was always thinking what comes next? What is the next step? So we were able to help over 100 businesses in Prince George's County in construction, you know, grow just from mastering, estimating project management, having a risk management plan, um, understanding how to to acquire the business, um, understanding their human capital needs. We were able to see businesses grow in just from that. But then what was the next level? And that's where the innovation idea came to play. Um, The college is a member of the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship. I was introduced to that 10 years ago. I went to my first conference and I was truly inspired. NACI, which is uh, the acronym for the organization, really helped us understand our role as a community college, not only where it was now, but where it was going. And it was one thing to work with our minority businesses on procurement and and um, uh, minority business enterprise goals and, you know, working with government agencies again to meet those goals. And that was just one space in helping minority businesses grow. But I just really felt like that really wasn't the, the fundamental of entrepreneurship. Because entrepreneurship really, to me, was rooted in ideas and innovation and always thinking about what's coming up next, not about how to survive. And even though some of the businesses grew and some of them are continuing to grow, very few of them were thinking about what's next. A lot of them were focusing on how do I survive? And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to focus on what's next. And so the way to do that to me was through innovation. So I partnered with Incubate Consulting, which is a local ecosystem building firm here in Prince George's County to conduct um, an analysis of Prince George's County's ecosystem. And I wanted to see, based on the resources for small businesses that we had here in the county and in the region, where were some of the gaps and how could Prince George's Community College fill those gaps? And based on the research from a local perspective, a regional perspective, and then a national perspective, and NACI helped us with the national perspective, we started to see that innovation is where 
we needed to be. And there were some community colleges, mostly in the Midwest, that had invested in innovation hubs. They had sponsors um, such as Papa John's um, and, and other large companies that had invested in these innovation hubs. It was only a few, not a lot, but it was working. And it was really helping to move those communities to another level. Wonderful, wonderful. So just several questions stem and brim from all of that input. You mentioned that colleges are preparing for what's next, and that was a challenge initiated by NACI, but what would make colleges obsolete? You've gone to a number of conferences, set in on a number of meetings on campus, off campus, and in the region. So what what would make colleges obsolete in the next 10 years with the rise of the internet, online courses, free materials, and, 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 and massive open online resources? Absolutely. You know, um, enrollment for community colleges in the state of Maryland have been declining. And even here at Prince George's Community College, um, enrollment has been declining for several years. And so we're we're on a trajectory of being obsolete if we don't innovate, if we don't figure out a way to bring in uh, students to come to the college outside of the traditional way that we've been doing business, we would be obsolete. And so the Innovation Hub is not just for the community and the region. It's for us, too, because we have to figure out a way that we can bring ideas internally into the college and figure out how do we meet the needs of, of our constituents. Haven't you run into the inertia of trying to turn silos into agile, just agile, functional Bodies, And uh, we can liken it to turning a cruise ship on a dime and how difficult that is. But I'm concerned that um, much like I'll give you an analogy. So the war on terrorism, when it was announced in the early 2000s, was fought with a bunch of bureaucrats who were very familiar with the war against communism in the Soviet Union. And they didn't have all of the mental breakthroughs on how to conduct this new war because they were so familiar and, 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 and trained on how to conduct the old one. And much like that at a college, realizing the declining enrollment, realizing the sustainability mechanism, we all want these new studios, buildings, infrastructure, materials. And that comes from being able to legitimize the, the fact that this is a place that's popping almost, you know, that this is a place where people come to and, and enrich themselves and, and use as a platform for future learning or future earning. So in thinking that way, we have built-in structures. What has the college had to do to become more nimble, more agile, more thoughtful about leveraging uh, spaces like yours and even mine? So, I mean, that's an excellent, excellent observation and um, excellent point. Um, the Innovation Hub concept, we, we, you know, tried to launch that without the actual physical space. And that's very difficult because it's a culture. 
right? Um, being collaborative, being nimble, being flexible. It's a cultural, it's an organizational cultural um, identity that we have to create. And it was very hard to create that without a physical space. So I literally went to Dr. Dukes and shared with her the data that Mark Lawrence um, with Incuvate and I um, gathered in our um, in our research and basically told her we need a space. We have to set the tone. Um, it, you know, it's one thing to, to, to think innovation hub and virtual and all of this, but people need to see it. They need to feel it and they need to be in it. And so she understood that. And she basically gave us the green light and she said, you go for it. Now it's been two years in the making because from a cultural standpoint, the college is still struggling in the flexibility, the collaboration, breaking down these silos. And so, you, you know, we, we, we got resistance in a lot of different areas, but nonetheless, it is here. It is opening March 10th um, and it will be. And I think it's going to make the difference. The students are ready for it. And the reason why the Innovation Hub, from a program perspective, is project-based and project-led is because it's the projects that are going to break down the silos, that are going to bring faculty, students, and the community together to create ideas to move our businesses to the next level. So I think it's going to be ingrained in the programming and the approach to the Innovation Hub. This podcast was recorded at Prince George's Community Radio, located on the campus of Prince George's Community College. The music for the podcast has been provided by David Smalls, and the PG Daily is executively produced by David Smalls. Join us next time for more financial empowerment.